Welcome back, listeners. I'm Robin Black with Soul Healer 1777. In today's episode, we actually have James. He's a retired police officer who spent many years with the Ohio Department of Mental Health. James, I'm happy to have you today. Tell me about yourself and how you feel mental health affects the the life of law enforcement. Well, thank you for inviting me, Robin, and, and giving me the opportunity to be part of this uh, podcast. But um, I spent several years with the Ohio Department of Mental Health as a police officer, and um, I got a chance to take a really good look at uh, mental health in general, and more importantly, how mental health is important in the day in the life of a police officer as he makes life-changing decisions. And I know earlier in the media, it looks like, um, officers, when they're on paid administrative leave after discharging their weapon, can you actually explain a little bit of that to me? Well, uh, that's been uh, a point of frustration for me as I see the news media portray that as something that uh, is wrong or something that shouldn't be happening. And more and often than not, it inflames their community when they hear that an officer has, for whatever reason, taken a life of an individual or been involved in a critical incident. And he is now reported to be on a paid uh, administrative leave or paid vacation, as I have to put it. But the fact of the matter is that is a something that the employer and the police department has to do uh, to get to the bottom of things, most importantly, to find out what happened. And because of the circumstances, those officers are in a state of shock, whether they uh, did it correctly or incorrectly. And they have a duty to the officer until the situation has been resolved one way or the other. They, the police departments have an obligation to see to it that the officer is taken care of. It's, police departments are no different than any other employer that has to take care of their employees. And for police officers, we, we need those individuals. We need us. The, the community needs us to be at our best. Every situation it could be a life-changing situation for the victims and for the officers. And so the mental health and, and, and that process of taking the officer off the street it helps his mental health. It helps the police department make sure that he's able to return to work. His ability to be able to return to work is not because he did something wrong. It could be that he did something right, but his mental health has declined because of it and is no longer fit for duty or able to return to work. Now, is that the only time that they're actually implementing these psych evaluations is during administrative leave? Now, actually, uh, there is no set program or structure for an officer to go through his psychological profile outside or after their initial pre-employment screening, if you will. After that, um, Mental health, a stable mental health is not a condition of employment for a police officer. Um, being qualified in the use of your equipment, such as driving a car, using your weapon, using a taser, your mace, all the equipment that we carry um, requires a certification. But mental health is not one of those. 
And um, that is something that I would like to see changed. Now, see, I know because that actually brings me to I know of a situation that because my brother, he was actually a police officer as well. And I remember when I drove past him on the street, he he was actually patting down a suspect. And as he was patting him down, he was constantly looking around him the entire time. He stated that not only did he have to worry about his safety, he had to worry about his partner's safety, the suspect's safety, and also the bystanders. And then they're also always recording. Now, if you were in a situation like that or any type of officer for that matter, how exactly do you guys handle situations like that mentally when you're putting that where you have to worry about everyone's um, safety and everyone's surroundings? Well, the deal is when police officers are doing their jobs, you have resistance from everybody, from the individual that you may having to place under arrest, you're going to get resistance from them. And in today's climate, you and with the communities and everybody getting involved and everyone's on heightened alert about police officers doing the wrong thing, the average citizen is more apt to suggest or to assume that the officer is doing the wrong thing in light of the George Floyd situation where bystanders were prevented from helping that man. Now, those individuals are traumatized for life because they could have helped or they felt they could. They wanted to help and they were not allowed to help. So when police officers are doing their job, you don't know who's going to say, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to help and get involved. Now we've got bystanders interfering with the performance of an officer's duty uh, because of their fears. They're afraid that something may happen to that individual or that person may end up being another George Floyd. So the officer is going to be on high alert anytime he has to uh, uh, do his job because you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. So in, in that situation, how would you, or would you even suggest all officers, how did everyone, how do you guys actually balance the work life and the home life dealing with situations typically like something like that. That's always been a problem or concern. Police officers have one of the highest rate of divorce, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. I mean, because police officers in general aren't taught or they know how to manage their stress. And if you can go your career without being involved, you're doing something different. Okay. Uh, So, but police officers carry that work home with them. They carry that stress home with them and everybody can't deal with it. They can't deal with it, you know, and, and be able to keep going. So they go home and they unload their stress, however they unload their stress. And a lot of times it's not good. Okay, and and because of what you just said, what would you say was like the most significant experience during your career that affected you mentally? Well, the one thing that affected me is when I got shot. I was shot in I was shot back in the nineties. Um, kids late at night out driving, partying, having a good time, and got into a bar fight, and they were asked to leave. And one pulled a gun and decided he was going to shoot me today. And so, and I'm getting shot twice and I doing that gunfire, I was shot two teenage kids. One, you know, almost died. Um, the other one was severely injured. Um, I carry a bullet in my hip and it was a very traumatic time for me, uh, to have to go through that. 
It took me six months to get back to work, to get my mental health back together. And the main reason was we become police officers to help people. I know that's why I became an officer, to help other people in their time of need and when things are at their worst. Um, And to think that someone for no apparent reason was willing to take my life was very traumatic. And it makes you second guess what you're doing, what you have done and what your past look like and what your future looks like. And all that comes into question, whether or not you're able to continue to do the job. And it takes some time and it takes some help, you know, to get it back together. And some officers recover and some of them don't. And it's because this is what we wanted to do. We wanted, but we never thought that some unsuspecting person will be willing to take your life for no apparent reason or because of the fact that you carried the gun and wore the badge. Wow. I really, that's amazing. I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. And during that process, were you evaluated? Did they give you, did they monitor your, your psych, your psyche at that point? No, I mean, you have to, and no, they don't. Um, and even today, uh, there, there's, there's, there's nothing. If you ask for help, they'll, they'll give it to you, but there's no process that says that you automatically go into a treatment facility or you automatically go into the care of a psychiatric you know, facility or care or, or doctor or whatever. They just don't. And <clears throat> it is my hope and desire to see that uh, police officers, mental health become a major part of their readiness or their fitness for duty. And I think it should be. And I like that because see, in my mind, I'm thinking what I could possibly suggest would be some type of psych evaluation that happens, whether it be, you know, every semi quarterly, you know, quarterly or even annually. But I don't know if something like that is actually implemented. So what type of programs or identifiers do you feel would be helpful for officers today? Here's the thing. Anything that happens along that line is going to have to get, um, well, it's going to take some courage. The police department, the city, uh, the municipalities are going to have have some courage because anything that a police department does that results in or becomes a condition of employment for the officer, they will get massive pushback from the fraternal order of police. They are not interested in talking about or engaging to any conversation that results in another condition of employment for police officers. But I would like to see an annual psychiatric, private, off the cuff uh, psychiatric evaluation where they evaluate the officer for 72 hours on his personal life and his professional life. And with that information, the doctor in the department can determine whether an officer needs to remain on the street or come off the street. It's going to be an it will be an uphill battle because no officer is going to want to have to be taken off the street because of an evaluation. That's where our HIPAA laws would have to be very, very, you know, tight and followed and adhered to. So the officer doesn't feel ashamed that he has been taken off of the street. And understand is for his benefit and for the benefit of for of the community at large that he be mentally 
fit for duty. And if not, then it should be a condition of his employment. But so why exactly do they have to be taken off the street for that? Why is it when they're conducting these evaluations, why can't they conduct them just kind of like a, you know, maybe a 30 minute session that they actually go into with whether if you guys have a therapist on duty or you have a chaplain or anything of that matter where we can set up some type of evaluation, not even annually, set up some type of evaluation every three months or six months. That way we can actually literally check on the officer's health. That way they're not just internalizing their feelings and just living in their head, walking around every day, being distracted when they're out there on the street. Here's the thing, the stigma of being shamed because years ago, mental illness was shameful and we've come a long way. We still got a long way to go and to be suggested or put in anything close to that category, something that law enforcement officers don't want to be part of. And even officers, they were resisted, even though knowing that the evaluations and their mental health is important. They will resist it because of the stigma associated with mental illness. Soon as we take that away and get rid of the stigma of it being shameful, then we can probably make some headway on getting officers to be willing to get the help and to seek the help that they need. And that's what I feel would work because it wouldn't be considered shameful because we're not pulling individuals aside it would be literally just something that the entire department would have to do that way is just a part of it actually becomes a it becomes routine it's actually you know put into the curriculum of what it is that you guys do is put into the job description this is what you're going to have to do you're going to have to do these evaluations because eventually somebody's going to have when you're walking around internalizing and you're living in your in your head you you're going to have a day where you're actually are just going to want to fill out that evaluation and actually put on there that you're having issues that you may not even realize is an actual issue because you're so used to dealing with it every day and someone else can see it before you go out there on the street and have a distraction and end up getting shot when you probably could have definitely, you know, you know, could have stopped it from happening. I, I think taking an officer and, and giving them the evaluation or putting them through the evaluation, <clears throat> if it's done correctly, so the officer doesn't feel it's shameful, it could work. How much time, what sort of evaluation? I'm not a psychiatric professional. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But the more time you can evaluate a person and determine uh, the nature of their mental stability, the better. More time taking a look at that is going to be better. The last time you may miss something. Um, so you got to look in their personal lives. You got to see how they're handling their family stress. How they're handling their leisure stress, how they're handling their administrative stress, how are they handling the, the stress of just being a police officer, having to go and be part of a major crime scene where there's been innocent lives taken, 20 year old, you know, 20 children that are shot and killed, each one of those officers you know, that come on a scene like that are going to be traumatized and they're going to need help. They're going to. And so it takes some time to see where that mental health is. It may not show up today. It may be sometime later to where they 
you know, it may not be today, but it'd be they finally walk into another house where there's another victim and they no longer can take it anymore. Right. And that's why I, I feel that if they were to implement something like that, where it was something consistent, whether it be every three months or six months, if it does come back up further down the line, they'll be able to notice it once these evaluations start rolling out. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. But, you know, here's here's the thing with our politics involved and <clears throat> and of course, the, 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 the stigma associated with mental health. Um, no one wants to step up and say this is something that needs to be taken a good look at on a continuous basis. We generally don't hear people or people in power or politicians speak about the need for more mental health until there's a crisis. When there's a crisis, they want to always attach mental health to it. Every individual that 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 commits a crazy crime or something, that's when they start talking about um, we need more mental health. Well, okay. Maybe we do, but maybe we don't. Maybe that just was an evil individual, right? Right. But that's the only time they start talking about mental health is when something bad happens. They want to attach it to mental health. But before something bad happens, they don't want to speak about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. We're not going to spend another dime. We're not going to spend an ounce of resources on mental health because it's not a thing. And by the time it becomes a thing, somebody has either lost their lives or getting ready to take a life. Right. And that's what a lot of people now say. They say it takes something tragic to happen before people actually want to act. So what would you suggest would be the best thing for to try to implement? More mental health professionals within the department. All right. I like that answer, James. Thank you so much. And again, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. I'm Robin Black with Soul Healer 1777. Please definitely give us a call. Let us know your feedback. 463-269-5142.